Ding dong merrily, dear listener. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, I wasn't expecting that. Do you know what? Because you know, in September, all I could manage was hey, nonny, nonny, because I yeah. couldn't think of anything Christmassy. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm legitimately Christmas. Like, yeah, exactly. I can ding, ding my dongs, right? Uh, ding dong merrily, dear listener. Welcome to another episode of the 12 Days of Crombie. This evening, we shall jingle all the way. <laughs> Good evening, dear listener, and welcome to the 12 Days of Crombie. I am Hugh Booster. Who wants Booster? <clears throat> and I am Dr. James Evans Esquire. I got a Johnny months ago. It's nestled safely under our tree. <laughs> okay, I, I might have to, I might have to ask you to re-record that because the sound cut out. Did it? And did you say, I've got a Johnny months ago? <laughs> It's safely under the is that what it's come off as? <laughs> what is you? I've got a Johnny months ago. It's nestled safely under our <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, I have to do that one again. <laughs> what what jingle all the way did you watch? <laughs> oh, no. Well, I really enjoyed the one I watched. <laughs> <laughs> got a bit dehydrated halfway through, but anyway. yeah, I was... A little bit. Oh no! <laughs> Oof. Um, right. Oh no! I this is heading to needle levels of hysteria, isn't it? And I am Dr. James Evans, Esquire. I got a Turbo Man for Johnny months ago. It's nestled safely under our tree. Fabulous. Well, that makes more sense, doesn't it? Hugh? Much so we uh, are doing a jingle all the way uh, a, a christmas yeah. comedy uh, with the renowned comedian uh, arnold schwarzenegger um, you say renowned comedian i mean he's been i'm, in, I mean, I'm interjecting already but this time in the 90s he'd probably done three or four comedies on the bounce i, I, I did not my tongue was nowhere near my cheek with that he'd done <laughs> twins he'd done junior, junior he'd yeah. done um oh, he'd done, uh, kindergarten cop it's not a former <laughs> Who a man shouting he'd never brain tumor to be comic gold? <laughs> yeah. I mean, so yeah, Arnold was thinking, yeah. well, well into his family-friendly phase. But also, who who would have thought that Conan the Barbarian um, or the Terminator would make it as a a, a family-friendly film star? Who'd Weird, isn't it? Who thought the star of Muscle Beach would be? <laughs> I love <laughs> the pump. Yeah. <laughs> the <pump laughs> is everything. <laughs> Well, I, I do apologise for the accents, but you're not going to get away with it this episode. Yeah, it's true, though, isn't it? Like the Austrian hard man becomes, you know, a, a, a beloved Hollywood superstar. Very strange. But he did yeah. it. Fair dues to him. Yeah, yeah, he's very determined at the things he does. Like, he's, you know, he's, uh, you know want to be a bodybuilder? Be a bodybuilder. Want to be a movie yeah. star? Be a movie star. Yeah. Want to be a governor? Be a governor. Yeah. The comedy, so this is a, a mid-90s comedy, uh, which mm. will we'll briskly go through the plot because it's, it's fairly brisk as it is. We have a... Uh, our lead character, um, again, his name is Howard. Howard played, Langston, which I Howard think is Lang a solid name. I have some issues with how characters are named in this. because he, <laughs> he doesn't look or sound like a Howard Langston. <laughs> oh, no, he doesn't. He really any, doesn't. Any more than or... Sinbad looks like a Myron Larrabee. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. He doesn't look like a Howard Langston, that all-American, mid, a, a Midwestern Howard Langston, played yeah. by Arnold Schwarzenegger. But then when did that ever matter? 
Yeah. Anyway, so Arnold Schwarzenegger is, is Howard, um, and basically, I suppose way said he's a, a dad who who works a lot at his job and occasionally misses prominent moments in his child his mm. child's life. He's not abusive. He's not lying. He's just busy, really. Um, yeah, he's so warming he's, to him, aren't you? He, yeah. What do people want? Yeah, well, this, <laughs> this is the thing. It's like yeah. we'll, we'll come to think. There's a little. Um, Little Jamie Langston, played by Jake Lloyd, and I will say, we begin now. This movie is is its own little time capsule because it hits the sweet spot between everyone being very excited that Jake Lloyd was in Star Wars and the time when the Phantom Menace came out and everyone hated Jake Lloyd. So yeah. this is like this is like a, a window opportunity for Jake Lloyd. Um, really unfairly, I should say, he was vilified for you know playing a child actor in a movie. So that's, yeah, it's not fair. Is that's it? not fair it's at not all. His but fault. It, but also, I, I did think at one point um, Howard Langston was going to say. Um, Jamie, I am your father. <laughs> when, he took, when he took his turbo helmet off at the end, that would have been that would have, that would have completed the circle there. It would have, but it would yeah. have, it would have, there would have had to have been some kind of uh, magic involved because this was obviously before Star Wars. Indeed. Um, <laughs> but anyway, young, young Jake Lloyd is basically he's he, well, he's only disappointed once. He's having a karate belt. Um, on a ceremony mm. and and there's like oh daddy will make it yes of course daddy wants to make it and they immediately smash cut to an office party so it's a christmas party everyone's having booze but howard's not in the party he's not no, he's, in, he's working he's working yeah. and, and when yeah. you see that when you see the size of the langston's house he clearly has to do a lot of work because they live in a lovely house <laughs> they do they really do what yeah. does liz want i, I mean know. she's there baking cookies all day yeah but we should actually we, we're going way into analysis where so she just skips yeah, the sorry anyway. yes so, yeah. you're right yeah howard howard is a basically a father who misses a few steps but he's generally okay but he overcompensates and said no, i'll get you anything you want for christmas yeah. and young james says i know what i'm getting for christmas i'm getting the super duper turbo man with the kung fu kick and the disc laser shooting and it's like oh okay then and the mum uh, liz played by rita wilson um goes oh you did remember to get the turbo man doll didn't you because you know it, it's the number one selling item and you'll never get it now and he goes of course i did i got you the turbo yeah. man doll and of course the lights go out and his eyes flash up thinking i didn't get the doll <laughs> and so it's what, christmas eve and it's christmas eve so basically there is a a the most popular toy ever made is obviously sold out of all the shelves on christmas eve there is a parental frenzy to get their hands on it and the rest of the movie is basically howard langston going from shop to shop on a number of increasingly um ridiculous escapades to get his hands on this doll one of the one of the people he recurringly meets is a, a, um, a postman played by simbad who came his name is myron um myron larry yeah who is again a little bit unhinged but um is also yeah. but no more really than howard because howard's fairly unhinged too he's punching santas by the end of it um, he is well there's a point where um there's a, a an actual bomb goes off and the police I know. also, yeah, also, and, yeah. kind of also nothing happens also also pins it as a, as a mid-90s film the uh myron, myron pulls out a letter bomb um and threatens to blow up a building with it and yeah. then the, the police deactivate it a new oh a, a skyscraper kip goes poof but everyone's just everyone's just a bit singed and they're okay um, probably not the kind of routine you'd go through now you'd probably not know no um but either either way so again they, there's uninjured adventures happen he, he ends up you know he ends up fighting with uh lots of santas there's one point where a, a crooked santa a part of a crooked santa workshop tries to sell him a turbo man um this santa was played by uh, jim belushi which yeah. really um I, I don't think any comedy film has been improved by the introduction of Jim Belushi, and, and, and so it proves here. <laughs> You're not a fan. You're in not a fan the, of, 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 the, of the, the lesser hilarious Belushi brother. In the oeuvre of, of Turbo Man, Jim Belushi is definitely the, the, the booster. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so the, uh, we have all this. In the meantime, actually, we should say that, yeah, um, Liz and Jamie are having their Christmas mm. Eve, you know, in a very nice way. They're, they're going carols, they're eating cookies and all this kind of stuff. And, um, Ted, and keeps in, uh, Ted Mountain keeps in, in, interrupting, doesn't he? 
Yeah, Howard has a very annoying neighbour, and we we say annoying. He's a rich. He, he's initially set up. We'll come to the analysis, but he's set up as kind of you know the annoyingly perfect neighbour. Yeah. That that escalates quite quickly to, yeah. <laughs> throughout the film to where he's borderline psychopathic, and you think yeah. he's gonna he's got heads in his freezer, hasn't he? He's like yeah, Ted, exactly. Yeah, we don't see Ted's wife, do we? Now he's divorced. Is he? Yeah, really. He's played by Phil Hartman. Um, yeah, obviously Troy McClure. Troy McClure and, and Lionel Hutz, isn't it? In, in, yeah, in that's it. Kind of per- permanent rictus grin of, of Bonhomie yeah. on his face. But, uh, and I appreciate that the Simpsons were uh, did exist before this film, but but Phil Hartman was certainly channeling his inner Troy McClure in this, Indeed. I think. So so Howard is not only, you know, going mad trying to find all these places, he's being kind of taunted by Ted, who's basically hanging around his house. He's perfect. But, you yeah. know, weirdly perfect. But he's, yeah. mus- he's muscling in on, on Liz, isn't he? Yes, he's not only, you know, he's the perfect dad. He gets all the presents. He puts the lights yeah. up. He can, he can do everything. But he also, you know, leches after Liz. He also basically inveigles in the house like he's, he's just like he's, he's yeah. wearing his pipe and slippers by the end of it. It's like, yeah, he is. Yeah. It's uh, just because his wife has divorced him. Yeah, but then all the all the, the neighborhood women are swarming around Ted. But we'll come to yeah. Ted. I think Ted deserves a whole section to himself. But um, <laughs> after 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 much much um, fun and games trying to find this, uh, Howard after punching a reindeer, which, <laughs> which yeah. was also played for laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> yeah, I know. I do the, the bomb. The letter bomb was played for laughs. The reindeer punching. <laughs> the uh, the slightly Biff Tannen moment in the parked car with yeah, Lizard's yes. head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All played for laughs, all lighthearted stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, after doing going through all this, Howard then realizes he wants to join his family for the Christmas parade, but finds himself all tangled up and is basically shoved into the backstage, thrust into a uniform and a jetpack that he doesn't know what it is. And it turns out he is he's been mistaken for the replacement Turbo Man, put in a Turbo Man suit with a working jetpack, and told yeah. to entertain the crowd. So that he does, in addition to the jetpack going off and flying around all the place. Um Simbad or Myron reappears, um, dressed up as Turbo Man's arch nemesis, who tries to steal the uh, the Turbo man doll because the uh, there's the, the gift is Turbo Man gets to give a Turbo Man doll to a child in the crowd and Howard Lo and behold, there's, Lo and behold Jamie. there's Jamie no no thought of nepotism Howard goes yep Jamie's getting this one so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> push past all the make a wish kids and give it to Jamie <laughs> yeah. but, but Myron wants it too so he dresses up as Turbo Man's arch enemy a fight ensues whereby Myron is trying to kidnap Jamie um, but it all plays for laughs it comes out in the end um, Myron is, is apprehended uh, Turbo Man uh, slash Howard, you know, gets to impress his wife and son as I am Turbo Man. Um, and, and little Jamie, knowing the meaning of Christmas, uh, sees how miserable that Myron is because Myron's wanted to get one for his son too. Hands over his precious Turbo Man doll to Myron for his boy. So Myron is, is touched and and, uh, and Jamie goes, you know, and well, Howard's like, don't you want your Turbo Man? And he's like, no, why, why would I want my Turbo Man? I've got the real thing at home. He's got a point, hasn't he? He's got a point. Yeah, but I think the subtext is Jamie still thinks he's getting one from Santa. <laughs> Like, yeah, oh yeah. That's what oh, I didn't think like, of that. You're right. Like, yeah. I don't need a turn man. I'm getting one tomorrow. It's like you're not son. You're just giving <laughs> yeah. it away. Yeah, they've all misunderstood, haven't they? They exactly. all think he means, oh, I'm Turbo Man. But no, yeah, yeah, he's already got one. Why do you do? Yeah, well, I want two. Yeah, he's being a generous kid. But yeah, so yeah, so obviously the, the what happens afterwards is a nightmare. But we don't know that. So all ends well. They all laugh, ha ha ha, um, and and that's pretty much it. That's jingle all the way. Um, well, there's a, there's that, a little coda, isn't there, right at the end? There is a post credit you know, scene. That that's unusual. Yeah, there's a post credit scene. Yeah, in in not a superhero film. Um, <laughs> where, well, it is a superhero but, film, really, isn't it? I suppose I'm it is. When Liz says, "You know, you've done a fantastic thing today for Jamie. You really went out of your or went out of your way. You really, you really pulled it out of the bag." And it makes me wonder, you know, what given how much you did for Jamie, you know, I wonder what you've bought me. And of course, he hasn't bought anything, has he? So it's the whole thing all over again. But we don't see that film. 
Maybe she'll get a king size mattress with uh, with reupholstering because that's what Ted's Howard's doing every day, <laughs> bringing home the bacon. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that that is uh, so we'll uh, we'll take a break. We'll have some alcohol free eggnog, um, and we can uh, and we can. Assess, oh yeah, the alcohol free eggnog, <laughs> uh, which apparently smells like vomit, which um, surprised me. No. <laughs> Join us as we analyze Jingle All the Way. Welcome back. I trust you have uh, punched your appropriate reindeer so you may then share a beer with him. <laughs> I'm sure you should give reindeers beer either. Probably <laughs> but... not. Well, you shouldn't break into someone's house and set fire to, to the living room on Christmas Eve. That's kind of brushed off. It really is. He set, set a neighbor's house on fire, even though it's Ted's. Um, yes. Where Maybe do we everyone begin secretly with... understands. <laughs> <laughs> where do we begin with Jingle All The Way? Yeah. Um, well, I think we've already alluded to it, is that there's um my god the 90s hated dads didn't they yeah, they did <laughs> didn't they well you know you said uh, you said at the start um that mid 90s comedy jingle yeah. all the way and i think those those words mid 90s comedy yeah when you watch a mid 90s comedy you're right there are some there are some very odd plot points in mid 90s comedies and i think this is this is up most, there. most of them centre around dads. dads being right. They did because, like in the eighties, dads were still the figure of fun. Like you'd have Chevy Chase in in Caddy in um, um, the, the National Lampoon. Yeah, you're right. But he was yeah. still part of the family. It's like, yeah. it's like every, yeah, but like you get everyone. Mrs. Doubtfire, you got Liar Liar, you got the, this, you got the, <laughs> the Santa Claus. All these movies, dads are awful. They really the are awful. Is, in, in all of these movies, the dads. They're just trying to do their best. Then, they? But yeah, they're making them out. The dads are the Jim Belushi's of the family. <laughs> yeah, they are, aren't they? Well, yeah. Whereas I think in reality, it's the mums that are awful. <laughs> it, <laughs> are no, you about to climb a crane in a Spider-Man yeah, suit now? Possibly. <laughs> Fail a banner. Because in this, in in this film and the other films of this ilk of yeah. this time, it's always the it's the mums and the wives that are really kind of they pester. <laughs> they do though. They, they are, you saying, are you saying that checking have you got the the one toy that our son valued the most? By the way, is pestering. <laughs> For all we know, all the wives have full time regular jobs and they just got their stuff together and they don't yeah, need to have all this. It doesn't kind of... look like it doesn't look like Liz Langston does. I mean, well, I no, appreciate she, it is Christmas yeah. and so she might have some time off, but it's also America and but you yeah, don't get time off, do you? Yeah. But here's the thing: is that um, very commonly in these families, everyone is incredibly well off. It's like the, oh. the houses they live in are mansions. I assumed, like, yeah, I know, I, I agree. I assumed for a very long time that that was just a standard American house. Because you see, in loads <laughs> of American films from the 80s and yeah. 90s, even, you know, it, 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 like just normal houses. Home it, Alone. I'd, yeah, even things like Gremlins. Yeah. Just incredibly big houses. And you, you look at it thinking, well, everybody in America lives in house like this. This just must be what the sizes of houses are like in America. It's, it's but no, it's because they never have rocky. any time off. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. Rocky climbing into his cardboard box in downtown Philadelphia, <laughs> yeah, or it's were. a mansion. There's nothing in between. Yeah, it's that, or it's you know drug row. That's it. There's no in between. You're either yeah. you either you're either a success or you're an utter failure. And you can appreciate, you know, some obviously the houses will be a bit bigger, get cameras in, get the scenes going. You need space space to walk around. But you know, the scene with the outside, the neighbourhoods, it's yeah. all just absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, so and here's the other thing is when they do that. Howard's problem isn't really much of a problem. He clearly has enough money that he could go up to someone saying, I'll buy your turbo man off you and give you $300 on top of that. Yeah. Well, he so does at one point, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. And so that, 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 yeah, that problem is basically solved. So it's, yeah. uh, whereas, you know what? I really felt for Myron, Myron who is yeah. clearly a blue collar worker who yeah. 
But the reason he hasn't got a term man yet is he's been working all the time. He hasn't forgotten. Yeah. He just hasn't had the time off. And he clearly can't afford to drop $300 extra to get a term. So he's he's the one that needs the turbo man. And it's yeah. how it's hard cheese. He hasn't got one. Yeah, and Howard gives, there's no slack, is there? I mean, in, in fairness, Myron doesn't go about it the best way. You know, he's, a, yeah. he's, he's um, he, he does uh, backstab and double back and all that kind of stuff as well. But yeah, you're right, Howard, there's no, there's no concession from Howard. Because yeah. I think fundamentally, this film is the, it's the quintessential description of capitalist America in many ways. Howard is the hero and yeah. Howard is the person that works 23 hours a day and forgets about his family, but they've got a massive house. And yeah. well, if Myron really wanted the turbo um, man toy, he'd, you should get a second job. And if he gets a second job, he'll be able to afford it, won't he? And all this kind of stuff. You know, that's the subtext well, it's, of it. It's, funny that not, it's not even the subtext, it's the text. Because when, <laughs> when Myron and Howard have a sit down and have a coffee um, halfway through the film, Myron says, I really wanted this toy from my dad. My dad disappointed me. And now my my neighbour, who did get the toy, he's now yeah. a CEO and I'm not. So it's yeah. literally saying, if you disappoint your children on Christmas Eve, they will become failures in, in business. Yeah. And, yeah, and he's also saying that by virtue of him being a CEO, he is therefore successful. Yeah, Whereas and, and I yeah. am a mere postman. Oh God, you know, I do a public service. Oh dear, woe is me. Yeah, and, and then Howard hallucinates Jamie's face on the postman's body. Uh, yeah. As in, like, it's a nightmare. It's like, it's like he's, yeah. not like he's like a dread addict's body. Or like, he's, yeah. like, no, he's got a job and he's, 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 a, he's a got a job employee. as a postman as well. Yeah, I mean, it's not that bad. Postman. Imagine if you were a postman and you went to watch this film in the 90s with your son. You'd feel pretty awful yeah. at the end of it, wouldn't you? I was like, oh, tell me, Dad, what failures in life did you go through yeah. to be a postman? Yeah, exactly. Like, well, I quite like being a postman. Yeah. <laughs> Hang on, I thought it was all right. But you I know? will say, in, ter- in terms of the, the dark underbelly of you know capitalism, it really does go for it. Like, does the whole kind of like Black Friday kind of yeah, crowds does, tearing yeah. the yeah, stuff yeah, yeah, up. Yeah. I quite enjoyed that and could have done with a lot more of it, to be honest. I think yeah. um, well, if we begin with yeah, kind of um, the, the, the film as a whole, is you know it's basically Howard Langston. He's got it all. He's got his act together. Although you know his his home life is 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 coming apart a bit. The fraying at the edges. But his big problem is he just can't get this toy. And then the whole film is him trying to get trying going to get through it. the scrapes trying yeah. to get it. It's yeah. just trying to get it. And uh, for me, it did not ramp that up enough. I think I could I could have done with lots more Turbo Man related adventures and in much more creative ways. Because I think there's 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 cleverer and funnier ways of trying to get a doll than having a cabal of santas um trying to sell you one which he has to have a punch up with there's so many ways you could have you know the dog could be just out of reach and he has to you know it's like a a pigeon flies off with it or or so many things to do and it felt like we'll do a couple of things we'll have and they'll have a montage of him trying to shop for it and then there'll be a bit of a chasing around the shop and then we'll wrap ideas so let's have him just uh, be in in the parade because at one point he goes home again doesn't he at one point he decides I'm just going to steal it from Ted's house. Yeah. Um, and then there's, you know, and then there's a little scene there when he sets fire to the house and everything. Yeah. And you think, oh, right. And he gets caught. But, but then it's, yeah, then it's like, oh, well, I haven't done it. <laughs> I'll go to the parade. Yeah, because, because really. even at that point, you know, he's, um, Jamie has called him from where, from, no, he's called Jamie, hasn't he? From a payphone saying, yeah, I'm, I'll be there. You know, don't worry. I'll be there. And Jamie gets annoyed at him and says, daddy, why are you doing? Shut up. And then that's kind of it. Yeah, <laughs> isn't yeah. it? It gives up and goes to the parade and ends up being Turbo Man, but it's not a planned thing, is it? 
That's like, it might yeah. be better if it was planned. <clears throat> it's almost the part where they try and add some height into the movie. It's like, what's the message of this? Because he, uh, he he comes to the conclusion that he's not a bad father for not getting a Turbo Man. He's a bad father for shouting at his son for no reason. And yes. while he has a point there, he's also yeah. a bad father for not giving a stuff about what his son really wanted for two he, weeks leading up to he, Christmas. Yeah, in the first and place, then yeah. choosing to give a stuff yeah. in the last, in the 24 hours before. But <clears throat> I will say... Um, who so hasn't done that though? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, again, I I come back I come back to the I come back to the point that Howard Langston is probably spending too much time at work um, closing sales yeah. um, for the business that he probably owns because he's got a huge house yeah. that he has to pay for, and his child who's a bit precocious and annoying, and his wife who seems to make cookies all the time. So you know. It, to a certain extent, I've yeah, got Liz sympathy have, with yeah. Howard. It's saying, why, if this was so important, why did Liz honestly entrust it to Howard? Why didn't and she? And then not mention it for two weeks. Well, the funny thing was, uh, is there's the, the moment when uh, when Rita Wilson, is, like she's, she's looking into the mirror because she's like cleaning her teeth or whatever, yeah. but she stares dead centre of the camera and goes, you remembered the doll, didn't you? And I thought, <laughs> they filmed that for the trailer, didn't they? Because that is yeah. such a trailer moment. Is, yeah, exactly. And you can imagine well, like this voice saying, Howard never meant to miss the doll. <laughs> But How was somehow busy on man? Christmas yeah. Eve, he needs to get turbo. Um, but see, I also thought at that point that that was Liz looking in, looking into the mirror, going, "I forgot to remind Howard about the doll." Yeah, <laughs> you know. So I, look, look uh, as as my own very dear wife will testify, just because um, she hasn't reminded me again and again doesn't mean that it's her fault that I've forgotten something which is which is very true but nevertheless there is there is joint responsibility here if I'm told to do something I will do it and I don't need to be told every six months that I need to do it again (laughs) (laughs) but but anyway so um no this again I'll I'll come to the crux list I think this plot is weak source and I think here's why is you either need the father figure to be an axe an actual script who's got problems and yeah. his journey through the film solves those problems so this is, yeah. this is that, that's the liar liar pattern where you know the jim carrey character is a liar to his son he's, he's great with his son he loves him and he plays with him yeah. but he, he does lie and he does screw up and he does it because he's yeah. selfish and he can get out of it easily and his journey through it fixes that and he goes to all the scrapes yeah. and all of a sudden gives that sad or, I think a good example yeah. of that is bad yeah. santa as well isn't it you yeah. know the, the redemptive yeah. the redemptive exactly, yeah. father figure yeah. Or you need basically a, an average guy who's actually got it all under control, but yeah. the circumstances of life managed to unravel him bit by bit. And it's yeah. that unraveling of unreasonable people yeah. or un, unreasonable circumstances. And that's your trains, planes, automobiles. It's yeah, your clockwise. It's, yeah, th- it's, so yeah. both his characters yeah. are fine. They're flawless. They're, they're not flawless, but they don't, they're not, they're not, they don't have deep flaws that stop, stop no. them doing what they want. All they need to do is things to work and it will go well. And the idea of you know, Howard Langston, if he had everything to control and all of a sudden he found a post-it note stuck to his heel and was like, oh no, that was the note I was supposed to get the doll and it fell off. And that, <laughs> yeah. that one thread has come unraveled yeah, and now everything's exactly. gone crazy. Yeah. That's funny too. And that, that uh, this was very much in the sense of, we just need to have our character make a Move few scripts. Move from one place to the to the yeah. other. He needs yeah. to be a bit of a script so we can have a redemptive moment, but not too much of it. Yeah. And he goes from one place to another. And yeah, even so, things don't really escalate. I mean, he started off demolishing a store and getting maced, and it doesn't it doesn't go it doesn't, up or down from there. No, it doesn't, does it? it? Yeah, you're right. Well, it doesn't. It 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 stays at that level until it stops, but it yeah. stops early. Yeah. It, it it almost doesn't it doesn't go through with it. So as I say. He, at the very limit, he set fire to his neighbor's house deservedly. Yeah. Um, but then it's oh well, 
I'll just, I'll just, I'll just go to the parade. There we go. And then something else happens completely by accident. It's not. I mean, it's not foreseen either. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't. He doesn't seize upon the chance to be Turbo Man. Like they, we need. No, an actor. I'll be your Turbo Man. He just uh, walks this... into a. He just walks into a room by accident. Yeah, and that's it, isn't it? Really, yeah. and the things that would work better if all through the movie things had happened to him by accident that were making it more and more difficult for him to get the Turbo Man. But yeah. it hadn't really happened. It's just he. He just forgot. Didn't yeah, like suppose in Seven of Person he had like a ticket saying go through this door and get a Turbo Man. It had been confused with the actor getting B Turbo Man. Yeah, exactly. And they, they both dropped their tickets and picked the wrong one. He'd gone through the wrong door. That kind of you know comedy of errors is really funny. But yeah, it was just like we're at the ninety minute mark. We need to wrap this up. How about if he became Turbo Man? We could have a big special effect fight. And then yeah. I say special effect, it wasn't that special. It was like it was really bad. No, like I was thinking that as well. And you know this is I mean the mid nineties had post Jurassic Park. We've yes, seen dinosaurs say, at this point. Surely. But again, Superman was like 20, 15 years ago, and like, that was more convincing flying man than Toby Man. But, well, I think a lot of the budget on this movie went on Schwarzenegger, to yeah. be honest. So, so having now yeah, dumped on the plot, let's come to Schwarzenegger as, as the, the lead actor. Is um, I was about to say, what aged this movie more, the uh, the casual terrorism or Schwarzenegger's um, uh, oriental impression with a, <laughs> with, a, yeah. with, a, with a bandana around his head? About, <laughs> yeah. It's a good yeah. job he can't do a good impression, because if that was accurate, it'd be offensive. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Well, I mean, yeah, you're right. Actually, that that does age it badly as well. Also, just the um the kind of Abercrombie and Finch um kind of clothes that they wear as well. Yeah, it's just yeah. really, really old, yeah. um old fashioned. Um, so I think the, the thing. Oh, go yeah, on, go on. Well, we 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 kind of laughed around him being a comedy star, but he can do comedy when it's well, when, when, when the right setting. And I think this is just not the right setting for him because, for one thing, he's mostly playing off um. Sinbad. Or mm. Sinbad was actor. Again, I, I don't know him other than this film, but I, I can I can pass. He's, a, he's he, a stand-up, isn't he? He's stand-up. a stand-up who I guess was, was a bit a name in, in in America, particularly at this particular time. So it's like, yeah. let's get someone who's got good comedy chops in here too that'll, that'll level out um, Arnie. Um, but the problem is, I mean, they're both big men. They're literally the same yeah, size they are, each other, actually, aren't they? Yeah. And yeah. that makes it a lot less funny because I understand one of the, the original casting for Myron, which makes me say the name, was Joe Pesci, yeah, um, right, where, okay. uh, which, which again <laughs> would have been hilarious. It's going yeah. back to that Danny DeVito thing of the tiny aggressive man yeah. and the big look, and yeah. all of a sudden you've got some comedy situations that just happen looking at them. But when you have two enormous men with both the same goals, the same yeah. means of, of yeah. approaching those goals, they're more of a tag team rather than any kind of any kind of friction in there. Uh, yeah, I, I think I'd agree with that as well. Um, so I, I agree with everything you're saying, actually. Um, I really, I really do. But you know what? I quite enjoyed this. <laughs> <laughs> and I was not expecting to. Look, I'm not going to say that it is, you know, the quintessential Christmas film or anything yeah, like that. Yeah. And um, I probably wouldn't want to watch it again anytime yeah. soon. But here's the thing about Schwarzenegger. So when this first, when when I, when this, um, when I first, Sorry, when I started watching this, what I find interesting in all of these films that Schwarzenegger is in is that there is absolutely zero concession to his acting ability or or his Austrianness, yes. right? And so, because because obviously he's in he's in it because he's Schwarzenegger. He's not in it to play an, an actor. He's not in it to play a character. He's in it to play himself to a certain extent. Yeah, yeah. But um. There's there's absolutely no there's no concession at all. Um, it's just here's Arnold Schwarzenegger, and um, I I just I find that quite odd. And he he I don't think this is going to sound awful. I don't think he can act for Toffee right generally. And even in this, it's kind of cringy the way that he acts in it. But I've got to say, 
it, there's a there's a stupid there's a stupidity to him in this a kind of dull-eyed gormlessness which <laughs> i don't know whether it's acting or not but it it kind of worked for me and i think he applies the same techniques to comedy um i look i, I think that um both twins and junior are better films than this significantly better films than this in many ways twins particularly is very yeah, good and very yeah. poignant as well yeah. um and i think that's an excellent film but I, I agree with you. I think what makes what elevates that film is the interplay between Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger and the distinct differences between those two characters. So that is where that. But I don't think it's really Schwarzenegger. I think it's it's that chemistry, I yeah. guess, really, of which this lacks. And so it yeah. doesn't make it that good. But there's still something about him in this film, which I find quite just kind of lumberingly entertaining in no, a really I, yeah. silly way. Yeah, and I, I wouldn't smack it down. I'm not saying he is the worst in the film. I think uh, this he deserves a better script and a better lines from this film. It's not that he can, he's acting his socks off and, and would be fantastic, no. but he can be elevated by a better film. And like I say, his, his physical... That's why I was so surprised they hired an actor of the same physical presence. Because yes, normally the fact mistake, that he, he looms and towers is mm. itself funny. And when, it, when, it, when he is such a... And also the fact he used a lot of physicality, you know, punching reindeers and fighting sands and yeah. stuff. It's funnier if, he, if he's helpless against this. Like if he's just, you know, trying to fumble his way through a world is following rules or, or and that's out of his control when he is or, no. yeah or you, you either, either that or you want you actually want the um ted Maltin character to be the main antagonist i mean yeah. he's kind of the main antagonist but we'll, 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 yeah, we'll, you know, we'll very different character yeah so but um, also also i think annie's quite good actually you know <laughs> quite good at doing motions it's not like he's olivia but when it comes to like you know acting you know, the sincere with kids, like doing that family thing, doing that, that heartfelt yeah, he's thing. All right at that, he didn't get it in there, but they hear, yeah. no, because it was rubbish. <laughs> the thing was, the, yeah. the dialogue and the situations were so bad, it's like, there's nothing there for him to work with. And the fact, yeah, it's, 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 it's straight to say he was ill-served by the script, but I think I it was. Well, I was going to say, I don't, I don't disagree with you, right? I suppose, it, in some respects, that means I agree with you. I, I think I do disagree, <laughs> I, I, I do disagree with you in some, in, in the, in the, in the level of which you're describing that, because um, I have not seen many Schwarzenegger films where the script has been fantastic. Yeah. I think it has been in, I think it's all about his physicality and his persona and all this kind of stuff with a few exceptions. I will, I will grant with a few exceptions. So in, I'm not too bothered about the script in this. I'm, but I am bothered about it engaging with what I think is Schwarzenegger acting the fool a little bit and being silly and stupid, which I, I just I just found quite entertaining in a really silly, juvenile way. I suppose in the end as well, this is ultimately a children's film. I think it's an it's an odd children's film, right? It's a very nine it's a very mid-90s children's film in the sense that it's probably not suitable for children in many ways, but I think it is fundamentally a bit of a children's film, right? Um and and in that as well, I think there's something about it which is quite it's got a lightness of touch to it it's relatively it's, it's relatively harmless apart from the bombs and the, the the racial stereotyping i guess um and he he's the crux of the issue right um i i can absolutely fault the script i can absolutely fault the 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 tone of the film and the pacing of the film as well right yeah. but in the end was i entertained and invested Against all odds, Hugh. Against all odds, I was. And <laughs> if you if you're gonna 
if you are going to ask me to describe why I was entertained, I'm not sure I could tell you other than the 90 minutes flew by. And at the end of it, I thought, well, that really, really wasn't as terrible as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> and maybe that's part of it. My expectation levels for this film, which I hadn't seen before, yeah, because okay. why the hell would I have watched Jingle all the way before? Right. <laughs> which I hadn't watched were rock bottom. They were rock bottom. OK. And the fact that the film wasn't rock bottom yeah. probably pepped me up a little bit and I thought crikey you know what this isn't gonna this isn't gonna be the worst 90 minutes of my life this is gonna be okay I'm gonna get through this and as it went on I thought this is actually all right I do think also again I mentioned Ilse over the script I don't think the script is good but I think almost the way that um, Arnie manages to misdeliver lines uh, is quite yeah. funny like well, you're not eating my cookies it's like that's not inherently funny at all but the fact he's <laughs> thrown it out there um, that's like, what I mean I can't yeah. explain it it's very everything Where's about this is like Christmas spirit <laughs> this is that is clearly delivered as a punchline but it's not yeah. a punchline to anything and it makes no sense but it's <laughs> hilarious <laughs> he's hilarious. going for it well this is what I mean it, yeah it's um, it, it's, it's, it's it's very congruous in its oddness yeah. I think, um, and uh, I guess that's how I feel about Arnold Schwarzenegger's <laughs> career too. There's there's a there's a congruent there's there's a, there's such an odd reality to Arnold Schwarzenegger's success in Hollywood that I cannot pinpoint it, yeah. um, particularly in his mid nineties comedy phase, yeah. which is just so absurd but still almost relentlessly entertaining. How has he managed it? Actually, my favourite Arnold Schwarzenegger film is Total Recall, which which is weird because, you know, you've, you, you know all the kind of action films he's done. Total Recall, for me, is my favourite film of his because he, in that film, it's the quintessential action science fiction film that he's been in in the past. Yeah. But he's, pl- he's almost playing it lighthearted. He's playing, he's playing the everyman. Yeah. like he is in Jingle All The Way, in an extreme situation like he is in Jingle All The Way. It just so happens to be about robot women with three breasts, you know, Ooh, and heads that explode. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? And life on Mars and all this kind of nonsense. You yeah. could easily call that um, total Jingle Recall The Way or some <laughs> rubbish like that. It's the same kind of thing. It's just yeah. that Schwarzenegger for you. Irrepressibly, irrepressibly, undeniably ridiculously entertaining for yeah. no good fathomable reason yeah um i think you could boil down the reasons and maybe in our in our weekend of crombies too when we look at all the schwarzenegger films yeah. we can enjoy yeah. that but you're right it he is relentlessly entertaining and and in fact we can now turn to what i think is one of the the, the weakest parts of the movie it's not him mm. at all it's the character of ted Ted was a complete mess in terms of what they were planning to do. And I can see what they were trying to do is basically give Howard a foil of the perfect dad to get him more frustrated and to have comic misunderstandings that he thinks that Ted's sleeping with his wife. So, you know, Liz is having a shower and Ted goes, oh, Liz is just having a shower. Shall I go up and ask her? And this kind of stuff. And then he keeps making these orgasmic noises. He bites a sugar cookie. (laughs) It's like, leave your cookies alone. Um, (laughs) So the the idea was basically yeah Ted Ted is you know showing Howard up but by not in a in a vicious way but because he's just he's just being good and then he thinks that he's yeah. got this funny thing around and hilarity and misunderstanding ensues but it's not that at all Ted it's is smart. a very it Ted is incredibly Horrible. smart from the get go um yeah. to the point where like all these neighborhood housewives are crawling around him and Liz is making faces yeah. like oh it's disgusting and then yeah. Ted is incredibly patronizing to Liz when she's in her house <laughs> just saying Liz oh you're so exhausted yeah. go and take a shower shoo, shoo, I'll make your cookies. Yeah. And this guy is like, you've got to take so... time for yourself.
himself, Liz. Yeah, and then then so that then this escalates um, to the fact that yeah he then tries to yeah basically ends up with Liz in the car trying to make a move on her, and it's like oh it's all creepy and nasty, and also that he's like whenever like he helps Liz on with her apron, as he does so like his eyes roll back in his head, it's like this is horrible. <laughs> and so, so and I don't disagree with you, Hugh. You enjoyed it, did you? <laughs> I wouldn't say that I enjoyed that particular part of the film. Yeah. However, he was set up to be someone who i think you would be very satisfied when he gets his comeuppance or you know and 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 i i mean that in the simplest terms it's not a sophisticated um plot point at all it really really isn't and you can see it from a mile off and phil hartman plays it very ripe okay you know there is all of that but i hark back to the point that i think jingle all the way is fundamentally an incredibly simple, almost stupid film yeah, that in I, the I, end, I, yeah. what you want, or it's not necessarily what you want, but what you expect to happen is Phil Hartman's um, character gets his comeuppance. And he does. And I actually found it really satisfying <laughs> in a really stupid way. And I can't you explain had a, You had a lovely time with this film. You see, I, I feel, again, there's, there's a way to do that. And A, this is a children's movie. So I think, I think the lechery is out of place. And secondly, I mean, Phil <laughs> yeah. Hartman, to, to go back to his series, you can you can play a Ned Flanders character who can be incredibly <laughs> annoying and incredibly one up ship without actually making him a, a, a nasty character. It's just almost hilarious that he's got everything sorted and he did everything right. And I think that that to me hit a bum note for me. And yeah, but you know what? I, I, again, I'm not sure because Ned Ned Flanders isn't necessarily about one-upmanship ned so is just, he, he's he, just he, a he's, good egg exactly he's accidentally one-upmanship he's just, yes, he's just being his is, way yeah. and therefore yeah. showing other, other yeah. people because he's a good egg i think having yeah. a character who was a good egg is probably funny because it makes howard more deranged howard has every right to hate ted and by then we hate ted too as i think yeah, but then yeah. but then when when he gets his comeuppance you'd be really annoyed it would be horrible. Well, no, be there'd, be, really there'd, be, horrible. there'd be some kind of Christmas understanding or whatever, and they'd have, they'd have a hug or whatever. That's think... not this film. It's called Jingle All The Way. It's about the commercialization of Christmas. It can't be about that. But it is. The whole thing ends in a big laugh and a big, <laughs> and a big ha-ha-ha. And, I don't know, Ted goes back to his burned house. <laughs> I, again, I, I didn't enjoy it. Anyway, right, Phil Hartman was a bit too ripe for my taste. Um, yeah. even though, uh, but other than that, again... I, I was, again, I've, I say I've seen worse films in the series we've done, and it was again, it bounced along in ninety minutes, and I wouldn't. It's not too bad watching this with the family. I think um, they probably wouldn't get it because it really is about the kind of like the sweat on of getting a, that elusive present. Yeah. So it's probably it's not a family film in that sense. And again, the um, everything felt tacked on. The, the whole thing is just bouncing from one scene to the other. You either like the next scene or you don't. It's like yeah. it's a sketch show. It's like I think. Do, I think do, do right. you like the Santa Punch Up? Yeah. Do you like the fact they're um, running towards a radio station with a bomb? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but the thing is, I like the fact that you said. Um, I think for a children's film, the lechery is yeah. a bit much. But I, I think that you're. <laughs> this is this is the kind of this is the woke culture, isn't it? What you're doing, Hugh. What you're doing. What I'm doing. You know, you you are looking back at a different time and applying modern modern morals to that time yes i am yes i am and if i want to if i watched the birth of a nation i would also apply my current morality to that film too yeah, yeah but you know i would go well they probably enjoyed it in those days <laughs> no but I, 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 racism guess, back then. I guess i guess my point is a little bit that there there are there are lots of things in this film that are very off yeah. i.e the 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 casual racism and the the weirdly humorless terrorism subplot um which is played for laughs, laughs right those, those two things are equally weird about the film and 
I don't think that any of them, you know, it, it was wrong then. It was right. It's wrong now, and it was wrong then, and all this kind of stuff is absolutely yeah. right. But yeah. that's the mid nineties for you. It's just <laughs> insane, isn't can it? Say, yeah, can, insane. Yeah. can I say one more nitpick I've got for this too? Yeah, is that um, Turbo Man is much too logical a toy. It's basically Buzz Lightyear. It is a yeah, it's a very yeah. obvious action figure. I would have loved it if it had been something so opaque. That every it's every parent's experience isn't it? it's like you want a what it's yeah. a it's a, it's, a, it's a dog but it's also an airplane and it's yeah. <laughs> but it has three heads but not yeah. always three heads and you i would love it if the, the entire MacGuffin had just been yeah. something so opaque so you could not imagine it yeah you couldn't have had the final sequence though if it did that like there's a I scene in, it, yeah. there's a scene yeah. in the simpsons where homer has a dream and he's yeah. in this he's in the board he's in the boardroom and he's this high-powered executive yeah. and he's invented this new gadget or toy right and every Everyone's saying, oh, Homer, this is amazing. You're going to revolutionize the way people live, the way people think. This is going to make you a millionaire. And he's like, oh, great. And the thing is, he wants to see what it is, but it's in his hand and everyone's head's in the way and everyone's hands in the way and he can't see it. And then he wakes up and goes, oh, what? You know, that was the thing that was going to make me the millionaire and I couldn't see it. You always want it to be, yeah, something completely bewilderingly unknowable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I think that would be that that would be too that would be too weird for the 90s if the 90s are good for one thing it's literalism <laughs> it, the 90s is the most literal decade it couldn't be anything other than turbo man i don't yeah. think but i think jiggle all the way is ripe for a remake i think you get a good comic it, it has been this. remade i think no no they made jiggle all the oh, way too well, with, sequel, with, with a smaller yeah. budget and a worse actor so <laughs> it, 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 it rapidly sank to the bottom but i think it, yeah. you, it could be a really good jingle away now who's the every man that could uh that could do a good jingle all the way thing you want someone like your uh, uh, Oof. do you want to buy it? Who, Tommy yeah. Lee Jones? <laughs> <laughs> well, you'd have Jim Carrey, wouldn't you? Do you know, you'd have, you'd have, uh, I'm trying to think it was like Chris Hemsworth. You're trying to get the modern, uh, well, army. maybe Chris Hemsworth it, can do comedy, he's too, an enormous man. Yeah, but you know what, though, it'd be too, it would be too sterile, it'd be too. It, it wouldn't have any edge to it. Chris Hemsworth sterile. He, he yeah. reeks of testosterone <laughs> to yes, me. I don't mean, yes, I don't mean that. But it, I think it would be too... And, and I don't mean that Chris Hemsworth is bland either. It's got yeah. nothing to do with Chris Hemsworth. But if if this was a Chris Hemsworth-fronted vehicle, right, yeah. it wouldn't be interesting. And I don't mean that in terms of Chris Hemsworth. I just yeah. think it's the way that it would be marketed. It would be really dull. Um, no, I think you want bonkers. someone with a bit of edge, I think. Oh, okay. You know who who's uh, you know who a bit unpredictable. I can't think who that possibly could be, but I don't know. I mean, Schwarzenegger would be good. <laughs> Get him back, jingle, yeah. jingle. I, I, you know what? I'd love it. He's this grey beard. Uh, yeah, he's got to find something <laughs> for his grandchildren. Absolutely, I'd love that. Yeah, Jing, keep on jingling. <laughs> keep on anyway, jingling. Oh, carry on jingling. There you go, Sid James. That's who you need. Yeah, <laughs> that's what you need. Yeah, Sid James would definitely be a great Ted. <laughs> yes he would well yes it, yeah it'd be a, i don't know <laughs> that would be a bit too sid james's ted terry scott as harold langston whitfield as uh um as Liz. Liz. There yeah, you go. perfect bernard breslow as myron this is perfect there we go just resurrect all these people kenneth moore yeah uh, kenneth moore would be uh jim belushi jim belushi <laughs> We've done it. Every like film could be improved when you replace Kenneth Moore with Jim Belushi. Yeah. <laughs> I like Bernard Breslau as uh, uh, Myron Larrabee. <laughs> that would work really well. Got a bomb, yeah. Actually, I, I quite rate Bernard Breslau as an actor. I think when he was, yes. when he was in his day, when he was off carry on, he did some good stuff. He is. Well, even, I mean, I think, look, again, 
this isn't the carry on season, is it? <laughs> oh, um, let's do that next time. <laughs> carry on up the Kyber, I think, is excellent. I think given Bernard Breslog got given all the air quotes ethnic roles, he was pretty good at the accents. He wasn't bad at them, actually, was he? <laughs> now, we, yeah, now we're talking about awkward historical <laughs> jokes, aren't we? I know. What is it, what is Arnold Schwarzenegger with a bandana around his head? When is yeah. Bernard Breslog fully blacked up? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, dear. I do like Bernard Breslog in Krull as well. Oh, he was good in Krull as a Cyclops. <laughs> yeah. Come on, look. We, and Hawk the see, Slayer as the Giant. Uh, listeners are getting a little insight into what happens when we're off when we don't record the uh, the podcast you see <laughs> so just thank yourself think yourself extraordinarily lucky oh dear me uh, right so have, have we have we have we um have we evacuated? Have we, uh, have we evacuated? I don't know, really. Well, you, before you came, you messaged me. Yeah, I did, yeah. I did. All right, let's leave that out of the Blooming Podcast as well. Thank you very much. Have we exhausted Jingle all way? I've jingled my jangle. I've jangled my jingle, probably. Okay, let's, let's take a break and then we'll give it its scores and Christmassy ratings. Welcome back, dear listener, as we fire off our turbo discs and ignite the rocket pack for one last spurt into the atmosphere as we give Jingle All The Way its scores. So uh, I think I'll, I'll kick off. You, you uh, go first. Yeah. Let's go first. Um, and you know what? You've, you've probably taught me around. It's... <laughs> no, no, <laughs> I, I, I have totally a shopping not. list of things I find wrong with this film. But the fact I find it so very quotable means it's stuck with me. <laughs> and I didn't I wasn't like I didn't get restless watching it or anything like that. I mean, it's a complete complete shambles but you know so is christmas so you know what um i i'm gonna give it three disappointed crumpy heads I, I think it's a decent romp and you've come you didn't give any indication of that right up to the point that you gave it three disembodied crumpy heads. <laughs> <laughs> if i'd come in and said i absolutely hate this film you would have gone the other way wouldn't you oh you could have talked me down i don't know probably mm. um but um but and also for the the christmasy feel it's quite Christmassy. It certainly it certainly reflects on one element of Christmas, which is really get really get the present. Which you know what? I think it's for Chrysanta hats. It's really quite Christmassy. You're Maybe as a so, parent you can feel that pattern. yourself, aren't you? <laughs> well, look. If it's any consolation, Hugh, we are going to give. I'm going to give this exactly the same score as you on both accounts because I was <laughs> I was pretty entertained with this. Now, again, I have mentioned this before that sometimes you watch a film with absolutely zero expectations, and because it's not as bad as what you thought it was going to be, somehow, somehow, some mystical dust is sprinkled over you, and you see through all of the flaws, and you end up just going, "Well, this is quite good." And then it's only you know a few months later that you think, "God, they jingle all the way. That was absolutely pants." But I, I, I you know, it, the time flew by. At the end of it, I thought, hey, "That was that was ninety minutes well spent. I enjoyed that. Thanks, Arnold. Much appreciated." So it's three disembodied crombie heads for me. And I mean, it's it's a it's a Christmas film, isn't it? <laughs> it's you know, it's. It's a, it's four. It's Christmassy. It's very Christmassy. Very Christmassy. Just is. Well, who'd have thought a, a <laughs> roaring success for Jingle Away as it did in the box office? So clearly, yeah. it, it, it didn't. It was somebody. And quite a lot of people. <laughs> uh, and with that, then we will uh, leave you. Wrap up your final presents. Get down the last bits of sticky tape. Make sure they're carefully addressed. Give them a good shake. And hope you have a very happy and a very healthy weekend of crumbies. Good evening, all. So I won't be watching it in IMAX. (laughs) Oh, dear me, you're no Howard Langston, are you? (laughs) 
know. You just sell more king size mattresses. <laughs> By the way, who's buying 200 king size mattresses on, on Christmas, Christmas Eve? Eve? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, that's never questioned, is it? Yeah, what, what on earth has happened there? Yeah, that is never questioned, is it? Some hotel has had some absolute catastrophe. Maybe a breakout of norovirus. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I was thinking that. It's a kind of bedwetting incident. It's like... <laughs> what is it? Norovirus at... What's the what's the towers in Die Hard? Oh, the, the norovirus at the Nakatomi Plaza. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's where they need 200 <laughs> you know, That's it, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> 